0: When Hulkamania runs wild on you!
1: All right, hello to everybody out there in podcast land. It's the latest episode of the JNO Podcast. I'm Josh. We also have Jason on with us tonight. Hey guys, how you all doing? All right. And tonight, uh, Jason and I are actually doing a short series on one of our favorite subgenres of television. We love the episodes where there's a really, really cheesy celebrity cameo or... Quote. Wait, 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 cheesy. These are usually the best episodes, best act, best storylines, makes sense to, in the series itself. And, that, and that's a good point, Jason, because some of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons had some guest stars on, whether that be uh, John Lovitz playing Jay Sherman, the critic, um, or when Michael Jackson was on there playing the big fat mental patient who was supposed to be Michael Jackson. I mean, there's a lot of great episodes that pull, off, pull this premise off. Tonight's episode, I don't know. It's up for debate, but I don't think tonight's episode does that. What do you think?
0: Um, I mean, it's entertaining, but yeah, it's probably one of the stinkier episodes. <laughs> so I've <laughs> been that and that's saying a lot, saying uh episode of Baywatch is you
1: know stinkier than usual. Ooh, and that's and you know what? For any any fans that are listening, they're big Baywatch heads. They probably have a pretty good idea which one we're talking about. But we'll go ahead and we'll pull the curtain back now. Uh, so tonight we're actually going to be talking about an episode of Baywatch that featured two uh two of our favorites really if we really you know comes it comes down to it uh terry bella uh also known as hulk hogan and randy poffo uh also known as the macho man randy savage
0: yeah these guys are legends of the sport and uh you know we love them i think anybody who's a wrestling fan has, even if you don't like them as people well Mostly people don't like Hulk Hogan as a person, but (laughs) (laughs) you still love them as their wrestling characters. I mean, they're legends.
1: Yeah, and the great thing about this episode is if you're a casual viewer and you really don't know who they are, about 40 people uh, either introduce or comment on them being Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man. So it really brings you up to speed just in case you don't know who these guys are. Oh, for sure. Tonight's episode, um, Hogan and Macho are on their jet skis racing to the pier, uh, for seemingly no apparent reason except that they're two middle-aged guys that are out on their jet skis <laughs> together, and they decide that they want to race somewhere. Um, and Jason, what did you like? What did you think? with like, just watching this scene because you had some, I uh, think you had some pretty good observations when this was going on.
0: Well, one thing I was wondering is, okay, like they're racing to the pier. And for some reason, like, Hulk Hogan, like, sees, you know, a babe on another jet ski. So he goes and, like, kind of, like, does, like, a half circle around her. And he's just, like, staring at her like he's going to, like, <laughs> rape her. It's, like, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. He's, like, just kind of, like, grunting. And also, <laughs> and, uh, and also when they're on the jet skis because, like, I mean, it's loud. There's water and, you know, the sound of these motors and stuff. They, like, dubbed in their voices. It's, it's one of the funniest things. Hey, Macho, race to the pier, brother. Let's do it, brother. Uh. Macho Man, you're going to beat me in your dreams and that's all. That's all you've got, Macho. But anyways, like Hulk Hogan's like doing a half circle around this girl and then just kind of grunting and she's acting like she's into it. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden he like remembers like, oh yeah, I'm like racing uh, Macho Man to the pier for whatever reason. So he says, this is the funniest line. One of the funniest lines of this episode. he goes, see ya, gotta catch Macho. <laughs> Whoa, mercy. looking
1: good wow uh oh Uh -oh. see ya gotta catch macho (laughs) yeah it's you definitely couldn't blame somebody if they thought they were hallucinating when like uh when they were to hear that coming out of their television set it's definitely a surreal type moment
0: then he's going oh and chasing uh macho trying to get to that pier first and that's when uh, something not so funny happens. Um, Hulk crashes or something, and he flies about 90 feet in the air off his jet ski. And <laughs> then the jet ski. Like, I don't know how, like, it lands on his head. Close-up of it, like, hitting his head.
1: <laughs> Which, I was actually kind of impressed with how they edited that together. But, yeah, I mean, just to your point, like, he hit, like, what appeared to have been about a two- to three-foot tops wave, which somehow, and I don't know if he had a medieval catapult built into his jet ski, but somehow launched his 300-plus-pound frame very, very far, far enough to warrant like a cutscene where his body flew across the screen, um, and then the jet ski lands on his head. And I, well, my best, uh, my best uh, like equation of this sound was like someone dropping a beanbag on carpet because it makes a completely unrealistic sound. And then Hogan lets out a very, very brief orgasm noise. Oh, oh, God. Oh, oh so that was i mean if you're already seeing this you're very confused maybe a little bit scared or concerned for hulk um but it's just it's and that definitely weird. once you hear that little orgasm sound a little bit horny <laughs> so it's a very very odd scene um and then but luckily and you know thank god because it's baywatch so luckily caroline and cj um from the from the lifeguard stand are able to you know, observe this giant man who's just floating in the water um, and they actually come to Hulk's rescue. um, And then, you know, because Hulk's, you know, so just big and strong, they actually need help from four more female lifeguards. So we have six absolutely bodacious female lifeguards dragging Hulk Hogan ashore. Um, and I, see, I believe P- Pamela Anderson's character, CJ actually is the one who provides mouth to mouth resuscitation. And if, you know, if you were, a you know, 10 year old, 12 year old boy at that time, I, I think it's pretty safe to say any, everybody would have wanted, I mean, everyone already, already wanted to be Hulk Hogan. I think it's pretty safe to say after that, everyone definitely wanted to be Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah. Very
0: good scene. And, uh, luckily for all of us, Hulk Hogan survives this. And uh, when waking up, uh, he thinks he's in heaven because he's surrounded by these gorgeous babes. What do you know? I did
1: get to heaven. You're right. I'm in heaven? No, you're all Hogan. And I also thought it was interesting is having a, also had a yellow Ford Ranger right behind Hulk Hogan. Next thing is, I mean, so luckily, um, as Jason mentioned, H- Hogan survives, um, you know, we can all breathe a sigh of relief. Um, and then I believe what's the next day Hulk Hogan shows up, um, to kind of have a little bit of a sit down with, uh, with CJ's character and Hogan sporting his beachwear. And I think Jason, you documented very well what his beachwear consisted of. Oh, beautiful beachwear! Um, he's wearing a blue button up, like
0: cut off, uh... Nice dress shirt so he's he's looking really nice. He's got a nice pair of blue jeans on um, a nice blue bandana, and uh something you definitely want to be walking around a beach in uh these really cool looking blue cowboy boots. <laughs> he, he looks like the biggest gigantic asshole you could ever see like on a beach yeah actually I just, like if you see that guy wearing anybody wearing that anywhere, you would think like that's just a gigantic asshole. But somehow Hulk Hogan pulls it
1: off. <laughs> um, Hogan's definitely looking good. Um, so we learned definitely from this, handsome man. We totally, we learned from this conversation with CJ um, that Hogan owes, you know, if not all of his success, to the Venice Boys Youth Center. And the reason being, this was a place that he could go and train and, you know, really focus on his body and his mind. Whereas if this place didn't exist, um, which is just this outdoor gym, which, you know, I mean, I guess he could have just gone to an indoor gym somewhere. But this is worked out at YMCA or something. This is is very special. Um, He would have been like according, you know, right from his own mouth, he would have been running wild on the streets and doing drugs rather than Hulkamania running wild. The
0: Baywatch lifeguards are doing a lot of work at the Venice Boys Youth Center. Right, yeah. The price means a lot to me. It's my old stomping ground. If it wasn't for Sonny and the athletic club, I probably would have been wild out on the streets.
1: Well, I can't imagine that.
0: Has it been sold?
1: I'm afraid so. But we can't figure out who bought
0: it. I devote a lot of my time to kids. It's my way of giving something back. Maybe I can figure out a way to help you guys out.
1: Um, And this is also where Hogan gets a chance to plug that he devotes a lot of his time to helping kids. (laughs) Oh, he's a great guy. That's one thing I took from this episode. Like Hulk Hogan is a very good person. (laughs) loves kids, loves helping out everybody. Just humble, very humble, and just not looking for any sort of attention or anything. Like he's definitely one of those guys that if he donates, it's going to be under anonymous. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, So we learned that the Venice Beach Boys Club or the Venice, whatever the hell it's called, Venice Boys Youth Center is actually in danger because the owner, Sonny, uh, he's going to lose the property to a condo developer who's going to buy him out. And you're probably thinking, oh, God, like, you know, like, who is this big shot? You know, this some big real estate tycoon or something like that. Someone who comes from money. It's got to be someone Mm -hmm. who's just, you know, this very just uh, ruthless businessman. Uh, And then the limo pulls up while Hogan and Macho are actually in their full wrestling gear at the Boys Youth Center. And who steps out of the limo, Jace? Well, first of all, I kind of want to bring that up, too. Like,
0: Hulk Hogan and Macho Man are working out, and they they go to this boys' club, and they're wearing their full wrestling gear. (laughs) I mean, they just look like, again, they just look like complete jackasses. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, uh, back to who comes up in this limo. It's none other than a big real estate tycoon. What? Ric Flair. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Ric Flair. And uh, he's with... uh, big van vader and you know and some other
1: fucking guy i've never seen in my life <laughs> some guy with uh paint like i believe like cartoonishly exaggerated painted on eyebrows for some reason like that must have yeah, been they just,
0: they just look like normal guys out in town for the day like <laughs> yeah. vader's wearing his fucking leather mask on his face like an idiot and <laughs> <laughs> and just got his
1: face painted like a dumbass. <laughs> so, and that was my favorite part, honestly. Of this entire scene is that the you know, the owner of the youth center, this this kind of you know this older guy, probably in his you know late sixties, early seventies, named Sonny. Like while this scene's happening, because what essentially breaks down into happening is that you have Hogan, Macho Man, Flair, Vader, and uh, fucking face paint guy. Um, And they're all arguing in character. So you just have these huge guys that are just like screaming and pointing their fingers at each other. And the guy who plays Sonny like during the scene just looks unbelievably confused like he just yeah, up- i mean he's like he's probably like a community theater actor he's, right. probably excited. he's finally gonna
0: get like a you know a tv role and stuff and he's gotta you know act with these jackasses. well i mean
1: even i mean who knows like me i mean i'd have to look up sonny's resume but i mean who knows he could have been on you know 30 episodes of the rifleman back in like 1961 or something like we have no idea but he Great show. he looks like he looks like this was you know he's used to a certain school of you know school of um of acting, and this is just definitely not anywhere close. And just does he just doesn't get the premise? He's not buying it. He's not going to go along with this. Flair owns the the property, so he's he's got, Hulk Hogan's trying to figure out a way to help
0: Sonny here. So what does he come up with? I mean, how is how is he going to get Sonny's property? Well...
1: Save, save this place for all these kids so they don't go running wild on drugs. Exactly. On the streets, brother. And so you would think, like, maybe Hogan would try to do something to fundraise so that maybe he could buy, buy Flair out or something like that. But instead, he takes the more direct approach, uh, the more realistic approach, which is, hey, we're going to set up two wrestling matches. It's going to be Macho Man and Flair and Hogan versus Vader.
0: I'm the nature boy, I've got the documents. Soon, this will all be Condos! and it'll all be mine, <sighs> A fight, one-on-one, no holds barred, winner take all all this property flair oh man doesn't that sound delightful what's the collateral hogan the wcw heavyweight title brother wait a minute i call the shots we're we'll making a team man vader and macho man i want you right here right now i'd love to tear you apart hey a right team wins both matches they all bets are off
1: so, yeah, Hogan's fighting for the deed to this property that, you know, even though Sonny's gym is not that large and you'd only be able to build one condo on it, um, like still worth millions of dollars. I mean, it's still definitely worth some money. Whereas, yeah, Flair's fighting for the shitty WCW championship. Um, and that's enough for Flair. I mean, you don't call. I mean, that's the one thing you say what you want about Ric Flair. He's cocky. He's arrogant. He's greedy. You call Flair out, especially when it comes to wrestling, he's going to put it. He's going to put everything aside and he's going to he'll he'll meet you. He'll meet you in the ring. That's for damn sure. He wants that title, brother. Yep. And I mean, I don't blame him. So um, that's the setup. Um, And really, the next uh, thing that we see is we are treated to this really, really cool, really inspiring training montage. Um, I mean, what were some of your favorite moments from this, Jace? Because, I mean, training montages, you know, I mean, I can just think back being a kid, like seeing Rocky um, and just like it just really pumps you up. Like it makes you feel like you can do anything. It makes you feel like you could be world champion one day. Like what did this training montage do for you? This definitely wasn't one of those montages. (laughs) Um,
0: This this was just half ass. You could tell they did this like within like, you know, 30 minutes. So the training montage involves like kids running with like these mini American flags around like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man. (laughs) (laughs) It's just just horrible. They're just running on the beach and then it's like just Hulk Hogan and Macho Man just like, you know, doing some, uh, bench press. And, uh, then they run up uh, about a flight of six steps to that athletic center or that gym or whatever, that Venice thing. And, uh, Hulk Hogan and uh, Macho Man just do their best Rocky impression after you know climbing those six (laughs) steps. It was it was just bad, man. And then like they keep on, like they were using that one like '80s technique, like where they you know skip frames and stuff and do slow mo, and it was just cheesy. Yeah, but the the music was good. The music was the only part that wasn't cheesy. And uh, let's play that clip. Time to get strong. Time to win. Yeah, let's do it for the boys' club.
1: They, I mean, I hope – I well, I wish we would have saved that for the end because I hope that our fans are still with us because uh, if not, people are probably out there running the street right now just getting in some good exercise or doing push-ups or who knows, like, you know, probably – who knows, benching 350 pounds for all we know. Um, and that was one thing I guess I didn't get with like the jogging thing. Like, is that they were celebrating that, but the end, every jogging clip they were doing, it was like, if you were watching one of those carts at the grocery store, like, um, you know, one of the motorized carts and it was like running out of battery very, very slowly. And somebody was, you know, trying to still move around in it. Usually like a teenager who thinks there's funny for commandeering one of those. Um, it was just, I, I didn't find it that inspiring, I guess, but you know, it was, it was like that
0: exact thing you just said, but like on a beach of sand. yeah you know just a sandy beach like where it could barely even move Yeah, that's about how fast hogan and macho man would run with those little kids (laughs) and the funny thing is like you know i mean it's it's a pretty popular show at the time like you thought they could have got a little bit more extra there was like 14 kids there
1: yeah especially when you say like yeah wrestling's it's wrestling it's pamela anderson like i mean that's yeah um, Like, come on i mean i would have flown down from uh you know the detroit area to go down there to be part of that um so, I mean, that takes us, I mean, at this point, like, I mean, you know, I, I mean, when I was watching this episode, like, this is a point where, like, all of a sudden, I, I'm just, I'm standing up at this point. I'm just pacing back and forth. I'm getting so pumped because I know what's coming up is the wrestling matches. And they did a really, really shitty job of this because the wrestling <laughs> matches were clearly filmed, like, probably either two weeks later or maybe a few weeks before. Um, and then they kind of interspersed cut scenes of the Baywatch cast just in front of a tarp. And they were cheering on, like saying, like, Oh, come on, macho! Or like, you know, like, Boo, we don't like you, Flair. And so it was really, yeah, it's very, very poorly done. Yeah, and then like the backstage
0: area was like this like a uh, little tarp thing, and <laughs> it was just like Rick Flair and you know, the one guy with his face painted some shitty wrestler, nobody knows his name, and you know, they were just like watching the screen, or Vader was back there. It was it was bad. You could just tell like this is so half assed. Right. Uh,
1: it was. It looked like one of those tents where they you would go like because you'd be buying tickets for like a really shitty 50-50 church raffle or something like that. It was definitely. It was, exactly. it was not. You know, it was not what would have been representative of uh, you know uh, a multi. I guess probably a multi billion dollar company owned by Ted Turner at the time. So yeah, I don't know. Definitely didn't uh, definitely didn't do a real great job with that. But I mean, the action in the ring was was also really bad. Um, so, you know, being a, maybe I'm just a pro wrestling purist at this point, but I was actually very surprised to see that they were adding in punch sounds, um, which appeared to have been made by somebody's mouth. And then that same person was also adding in the ADR for Macho Man and Flair's grunts. I don't think so, Josh. I think those are actually real punches because a real punch usually sounds like this. Whoopsh! that's that's a good i mean i i haven't been in very many fights so maybe i actually don't know so actually i'm gonna retract what i just said because it could yeah um,
0: it it was it was just horrible You know, it was funny, though, when they were, like, adding in, like, the soundbite, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan, like, redubbing his voice and, like, talking about the Venice Boys Club still, like, during his match.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think there was a part where you were, like, so, uh, not to skip ahead, but Macho ends up winning his match with Flair. You know, we're going to add a little, we're going to add our spoiler alert siren sound effect before <laughs> that. Um, and then Macho, or then Hogan and Vader are, uh, they're due for a date in the ring in a cage match of all things. And yes, to to add on to your point, Jason, when Hogan's coming out, like there's just really, really shitty ADR where Hogan's going like, gotta do it for the boys club. And then he said something at one point where he goes like, I'm going to tear down this cage. Like, and that was, I, I was starting to kind of like pick up. I was like, why is he, that's a weird thing to like, why he'd be talking, I guess. But like, what made me realize was uh, later on, he's talking and Jimmy Hart's like on the complete opposite side of the ring is him. And then for some reason, Hogan just goes like, I think Hogan's in trouble at this point. Like Vader's choking him or something. And he goes like, Jimmy, ah, uh, Jimmy. And like I just think like, I was like, oh, well, Hogan was clearly just watching the monitor with the playback, and he was just like saying the first thing that came into his head or the first thing that he saw on the screen. So, not very, you know, not very believable. Well, um, another thing they could have
0: addressed at least a little bit, even if you know, uh, Hulk had to dub his voice and. Maybe explain, like, why he was walking down the aisle or ring with uh, Dennis Rodman. Like, even yeah. if they like, Dennis, remember when we were in the Venice Boys Club together and it kept you running on the streets doing drugs, brother, just like me and Mach? But, you know, it was not explained why, you know, Dennis Rodman was just there, like, randomly.
1: <laughs> yeah, which I, I don't know. I, I, lo- I would be curious to actually learn the circumstances of this because it was definitely not, like, a... I mean, I'm I'm sure they showed this on TV and these were matches that actually made it to television or something like they were. I mean, this was obviously a really, really shitty crossover with, you know, the WCW brand and uh, and Baywatch. Um, And and this, I think, was, I'm pretty sure, probably partially responsible for the decline of WCW. Um, But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I didn't understand that really whatsoever. Um, And, yeah, just not very well executed. But to everybody's relief. Hulk Hogan wins the cage match against Vader, and God. then we're treated to a uh, a very unnatural close-up of Hulk Hogan holding the belt over his head and saying, "We did it! We did it for the Boys Club. Let's let's let's, let's do it for like we uh, let's celebrate the Boys Club, brother." Uh. And um, this again <laughs> that was, that was uh, definitely
0: filmed on the same day
1: yeah so i think this one was it was funny because hogan was actually kind of dry like in the scene where he kind of finishes the match i mean he's a little sweaty and stuff like that which you can understand like pro wrestling is is definitely a physically strenuous thing to do uh but all of a sudden he's like soaking wet his hair is just like plastered to his head and he's shaking that belt <laughs> over his head so i'm guessing like you know what happened there is they said like hogan we really like hulk we really need one more scene like can we drive up to your house up the shore up the coast and you know we'll just like film this in front of your pool or something and like hogan was you know in his pull-up the time and he said, like, yeah, that sounds great. To I'm him. not getting out of the pool, brother. I'm not trying off my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, that's that that probably also explains why they shot him from like the chest up. So
0: yeah, oh, oh, rules. we did it for the kids, for the youth center. What you gonna do? Woo!
1: But, yeah, it was definitely a cool thing to see, and then Hogan um, goes back to the backstage area that we talked about before, which is a little tent, and um, that you would see at like you know somebody's graduation party, and they're and be, like flares in there, and uh, the Bader. guy that we don't know the hell his name is, the in there, and they confront, and we actually get to the see Bay, some Baywatch. of the Baywatch crews in there. Yeah, some of the Baywatch people are in there, and, and we're kind of we're actually treated to kind of well, the whole purpose of this, like what what happens now, Jace. Oh, this is awesome! This gives me chills. Uh, Sonny gets exactly what he wants, uh, and
0: what Hulk Hogan, and all of them wanted for Sonny. Uh, Hulk uh, goes demands the uh, the escrow papers from Flair. Flair gives him the two pieces of blue paper. <laughs> I mean, it's so ridiculous looking. He gives him the two pieces of blue paper. Uh, Hogan hands him to Sonny. I'm gonna play the clip because it's too fucking funny, and I can't <laughs> quote it like word for word. Uh, everybody's excited. Then Hogan, like, runs out of that little uh, graduation tent with the Baywatch crew. And then all of a sudden, they're, like, on the beach, and there's about maybe 12 people surrounding him. And Hogan's, like, <laughs> holding up the title and saying about that, you know, the Venice Beach Boys Club again. And we did it! <laughs> <laughs> we did it for the kids. Slowed you down, Ric Flair. I'll take the D to the property right now. Yeah! Ah! Yes! How do you like that? Here you go, Sonny. The property, your dream, and everything. Man. <laughs>
1: That's very good. And one thing we didn't mention that we'll touch on briefly is um, you know, because most most shows or, you know, most scripted uh programs on television typically have a uh a plot A and a plot B. And there was a plot B in this episode where uh, lieutenant Stephanie um, well, had skin cancer, and they find out that
0: like they find out that... like I, that seems like so you know kind of a touchy subject. I mean, they you know to have as the B storyline over you know with this wrestling storyline, they <laughs> they probably should have just said, "Hey, let's not do a B storyline this week. We'll you know we'll save the lieutenant skin cancer uh, episode for another episode. Let's get you know." I wanted to see Mitch and Hogan like, you know, giving a high five at the end or something. We got no Mitch. We got no Hogan together.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a big, and That's where. That's a big yeah, miss. That's definitely where the, you know, the Ted Turner money was starting to go to people's heads was thinking like, we don't have to put any thought into or any quality into this product. Because I mean, just imagine like, uh, you know, how like memorable that shot would have been a Mitch and Hogan, just, you know, just clapping hands, like, and just, you know, kind of embracing each other. Oh dude, that poster would still be on my wall, but, uh, <laughs>
0: So yeah, I, I ended up skipping that B storyline. I kind of got the gist that, you know, she might have skin cancer at the end. I kind of, it looks like they're happy. They're crying at the end. So I'm guessing she didn't have it.
1: Yeah. And so like I was, I stupidly actually watched all like 45 minutes of this and um, the B story actually she ends up having skin cancer at the end. they find oh, out okay. it's melanoma, an and it, uh, it's, it, it has spread. Um, and then uh, actually they were crying, but they were crying because they were sad. So Looks like Jason's going to have to go back and watch this episode again. And you know what? I don't have to, but hell, I'm going to go back and watch it again because it was just so much fun.
0: Definitely an entertaining episode and a recommend from me as well, Josh. Hey, Macho, is that you? (laughs) Let me tell you about our sponsor. Hikestyle.com all right. Hikestyle.com offers great hiking equipment rentals at unbelievable prices. And it's made for every level of hiker. What's the deal, brother? Talk to me. I'm glad you asked that, Macho. If you use the promo code JNOBOYS, all spelled out, you will get 10% off your entire order. Oh, yeah. This is unbelievable. Alright, guys, that was a ton of fun. Just a reminder that we were on Twitter at JNL Podcast. That's all spelled out. Uh, we now have an Instagram, JNL Podcast. Again, that's all spelled out. And if you guys have any comments or show ideas, please reach out to our email, jnlpodcast@gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's all spelled out. All right, guys, take it easy.